Um, you know, last week, uh, Brother Darrell uh, <coughs> began in uh, the book of John. And uh, I don't know if you've had an opportunity recently to look at John, uh, the book of John, but it is one of the most fantastic books in the Bible. Of course, there aren't any that are in the Bible that aren't fantastic, but John is really true, one that's truly uh, phenomenal. It's, uh, it's so different to the other, to the other Gospels. Um, and, and we're going to look at that tonight. But um, I, I want to thank Brother uh, Darrell for starting us off last week and uh, pointing out that Jesus was the light, is the light, and always will be the light. Amen. Uh, we pointed out that He was the Logos. Um, we're going we're gonna to begin with verse 6 of... Um, the book of John, the first chapter, and if you will allow me, I'm going to I'm going to read uh, the first um, 18 verses. It'll go relatively quick. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. And that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into this world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. For the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of Him and cried out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. Amen? So, I entitled us the special witness of John the Baptist. We're going we're gonna to talk about that here in a bit. Um, we've just read this, uh, but I have it here on the slide, and we won't rehearse it. Uh, I want to talk to us, just lay a little foundation if I can. There are four Gospels. Um, three of which are called the Synoptic Gospels. Synoptic just simply means similar. Um, and um, they were written from the area of Galilee. And they're written in the third year or following third year of Jesus' ministry. Matthew was written primarily to a Jewish audience. Um, he quotes the Old Testament in order to show Jesus as a fulfillment of it. So he was writing primarily to a Jewish audience and so they were well acquainted with the Old Testament. <clears throat> Mark 
many historians and theologians believe to have been written from Peter's eyewitness, um, his own account to a much broader audience, including Gentiles and all of those that were there. You remember in the beginning it says that John spoke to his audience and he, and he, he was out in the desert, uh, out there alone, living on wild locusts and honey. Didn't have much of a diet, but God's, you know, he existed on that. Wore camel, uh, wore clothing made of camel's uh, skins. Uh, so he was uh, not your ordinary fellow. But it says that as he spoke, all of Judea, all of the surrounding area came out to hear him. That means the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Gentiles, all. When the Bible says all, it means all. All the people came out to, to hear his word. And we're gonna we're gonna hear about what he said. So Mark portrays Jesus in in and through his gospel, Peter's eyewitness account, as the servant of the Lord, of the people. <clears throat> Luke, on the other hand, is was an, a master theologian and historian. He compiled and gathered first-hand reports from all, not all, but many eyewitness uh, accounts. So in his gathering, one of, one of those he spoke to was, the Mary, was Mary, the mother of Jesus. She provided not only information about the birth of Jesus, but also uh, John the Baptist, if you remember. Luke presents us, Jesus, as a sinless Son of God. Finally, we have the, the Gospel of John, in which we see Jesus as the presented to us as the eternal Son of God, equal to God. So when we read all four Gospels, it gives us a very thorough look at the ministry of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all begin with the birth of Jesus. John begins with the birth of time. Amen. It's a totally different concept that he presents to us. He begins with three words found only in one other book of the Bible, which we've been studying with Pastor Faber, Genesis. And as we've seen, in the beginning, which is the way John begins his gospel. So there are many things that we would not have any account, we would have no account, uh, would it not be for John's Gospel. Matthew, Mark, and Luke record one Passover, where John actually records three, because he, he follows Jesus' ministry from the very beginning. And we're going to find out how, how just how unique. And this is just a number of things, I won't go through them all, but if you care to, you can go through every chapter of John and you'll find something unique in his gospel that is not presented at all in the other uh, synoptic gospels, which is really very unusual. You think about these things. We would have no account of, of uh, the Garden of Gethsemane for Jesus' prayer for uh, just a number. And if you go through the book of John, every single chapter, all 21, deliver to us, present us with something other than the synoptics. Old, Te Old Testament prophets foretold of John the Baptist. He was called a voice of one calling or crying in the desert. 
Prepare ye the way of the Lord. 400 years separated the Old Testament and the beginning time of the New Testament of the writing. And a lot of theologians say that John the Baptist in his arrival on the scene really actually sort of preempted or began the, the time of the New Testament or concluded the 400 years, which is kind of interesting. So as we look at John, John the Baptist, not John the author of this book, but John the Baptist, he was a man sent from God. John was a man sent on a very special mission. He was sent to bear witness of the one Brother Darrell shared with us, Christ Jesus, who is the light of the world. Not a light, but the, the light, that men might believe in the coming Messiah. Very important mission. I think we'll find that we're each sent on that same mission. Amen? Now that we've come to the knowledge of the Lord. So although it made very little sense to Elizabeth and Zechariah, and I'm not going to read the whole story, but maybe you'll remember, uh, God knew just when John the Baptist needed to be born. Um, and as Christ Jesus' precursor, or one that preceded him. So Elizabeth was old and she'd been infertile for a very long time. Um, yet when pregnant and receiving um, Mary, the Lord Jesus' mother, as Mary announced her pregnancy with Jesus, the Bible says that John leaped in her being Elizabeth's, pardon me, womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I'd forgotten that. Uh, but in that moment, uh, God did a very special thing. So John the Baptist grew up with a clear direction and strong in his spirit. His mother had been filled with the Holy Spirit. You can well imagine what transpired in his life as, as, as a fetus. Normally the firstborn, I thought this was very interesting. Normal, normally the firstborn was named after the father but the angel Gabriel, if you remember in the story, had foretold of John's conception and revealed his mission to his father, Zechariah. You find that in Luke, first chapter 163. But remember, Zechariah was mute. He was made mute by Gabriel because when Gabriel shared this with him, he was up in age, his wife was up in age, and he kind of snickered and said, how could that be, Mike? You know, she's... And so Gabriel said, well, because I've told you what I've told you and I've sent from God to tell you this and you've received it the way you did, you won't speak for 90 days <laughs> or nine months actually. <clears throat> so the interesting thing is, is that uh, the Bible says that uh, Zechariah remembered and, and it, he inscribed as a view on a tablet that his name was John when he was birthed. And the Bible says that immediately his mouth was opened and he began praising God. Amen. Amen. After nine months of not speaking, I think we'd all praise God. Amen. So, uh, and he spoke over the child saying that he would go before the Lord and prepare the way for him when we find that in Luke. That he would give the people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins by repentance. This was, this was something that in, in Old Testament that, you know, the the lamb had been sacrificed. And, and so the Jewish people were used to the concept, but 
but they were not used to the concept of an individual coming that would be that Messiah. Oh, they said they were looking for him, but they didn't see him, didn't recognize him. So John the Baptist was a great man, but he was not the light. John's sole purpose on earth was to witness and to bear testimony to the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Amen? His purpose stands as a dynamic example for each, each of us, every believer. He was born with a specific purpose and timing in history, as we just learned. So, the purpose of the believer, that be you and I, is to bear the same witness as John did. The term witness, um, as attorneys in the room will remember, the term witness was a very important term. This was a term that all Jews were very familiar with. When a business deal was to be struck between individuals as a witness, um, witnesses were, were required uh, to solidify the transaction. Even today, a wedding required um, the attendance of, and signatures of two witnesses. We still do that today. So they were very acquainted with the concept of witnesses. And so John being the forerunner of Christ, uh, he, he was a witness to the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world, was the light of the world, will always be the light of the world. John was a man sent from God, sent on a very special mission, as we mentioned. The word sent, the phrase from God, or the word sent, that is the phrase from God, means that he was not only sent from God, but from the very heart of God. Amen? And that's what the heart of God does with you and I. As he calls us to step into the lives of others, to share our witness, of our testimony of how God has moved upon us and how he's altered and changed our lives and how he's renewing and continuing to renew us. So, we're sent. Amen? He was only a man, but he was a man of high calling and he was commissioned of an enormous responsibility and accountability, just as you and I are. He was sent forth as an ambassador from God to prepare the way of the Lord, who is in fact the embodiment of God's glorious grace. That would be Jesus. Amen? <clears throat> the message is that of a servant of God. It's not left on his own to think up a message. He's not dependent upon his own reason or his own thoughts or his own ideas. Neither are you or I. We, we've been commissioned when we receive Christ Jesus as our personal Savior. The purpose of that man's witness is clearly stated through Christ to all men that they might believe. Amen? John's purpose was not to start or to be an organizer or a minister to build some program around the synagogue or the temple. He, his purpose was to lead men to believe in the light. He witnessed and proclaimed the light so that all men might believe in Jesus. John was sent to bring focus that people would see their sin. That was new, that was different. And their need for repentance, which would lead them to their need for a savior, Jesus, amen? The servant of God has one primary purpose, and that is to lead men, women, children, to believe in Jesus, the light of the world. John was a great man. Jesus himself said of John, among those born of women, 
there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. But he was not the light. We find that in Matthew 11, 11. The impact of humility, the humility of John was very striking. The example he set for every servant of God, we too can do that today, amen? No matter how great the ministry of a man may be in the eyes of men, that man's ministry is eclipsed by the greatness of John, John the Baptist. John, the author of this book. And yet John said, the throngs of his, being Jesus' sandals, I'm not worthy to untie. Amen? He, that was not false humility. That was humility. Amen? Jesus Christ was the light. He was the true light. He is the true light. His mission was to give light to everyone, to all that would receive. Some theologians take this verse to prove that he came to be light to all men. And that's true. But the Bible speaks to all men that will believe and receive. And there's a difference. And that's what makes you and I children of God. Because we weren't born, as he, John said, of, of the flesh. Born of the will of man. But we were born, reborn, actually, by the the by believing and receiving through repentance Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's what causes us to be or calls us to be children of God. Jesus, unfortunately, was tragically rejected. The Word said that by the world, the very world that He created, He came to His own people, that would be the Jews, but that they did not accept Him. And instead, they rejected Him. We find that true today. Still transpiring. Amen? However, Jesus was wonderfully received by some who believed and became sons of God, which is what we just talked about. Children of God. The source of becoming a child of God is new birth, which we just mentioned. Not of man, but of God. Amen? So the difference is Christ, is Jesus. He's always and will always make the difference. Amen? We read in John 15, apart from me, you can do no, I like this, you can do nothing, or you can do no thing. Amen? <laughs> However, we also read in Philippians, through me, you can do all things. Amen? That's Jesus Christ. There's a big difference in nothing in all things. The difference is through Jesus. Amen? He always makes the difference. Always makes the difference. So, I want to I want to close, and it may seem rather quick, but I want you to think about this, if you will. I've been thinking about it for at least for quite a while. <laughs> but really, it's really come to bear in my mind and in my heart and my soul and spirit just in the last few weeks. John wrote the gospel 60 years after Jesus' ascension. Okay? He had an opportunity to read all the other gospels. He had, he had experienced his face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus during the three years of his ministry. You would think that would be really something. But here's what I began to think. I believe the Holy Spirit. However, 
Now, after six years of daily encounters with Jesus, he had a much stronger experiential relationship. Just like you and I. If you think back to the moment that you first said yes to Christ, when he entered your life and you entered his, or as Favor and I say, you stepped into the throne room of God, into the very heart of God, you no longer have to ask God to enter your heart. He's calling you to step into his. Amen? So think about this. 60 years later, John is writing his gospel. Having had the opportunity not only to read the other, the other gospels, but to reflect on his own personal relationship with Christ Jesus. A daily encounter that he came to. I'd like to ask you to think for just a moment about how much richer, how much more mature, how much, how much more a blessing your relationship is today than the day you first said hello. The first day that you said hello to Christ and He said hello to you. And you witnessed that firsthand personal experience. Now after however many years, you don't have to hold up your hand if it's been more than 10. But it's just something I've been thinking about. So as he looks back, the time in the upper room, this is so sweet, where he writes of his head lying on the bosom of Jesus, listening intently to every word that our Lord spoke. His realization and revelation of Jesus he begins with those very words when he writes the book of Revelation. He begins with the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, you see, it's an epiphany. You can think back and just imagine John in the upper room, which is another account that we wouldn't have apart from John's Gospel, not written in the, in the synoptics. I just I, I was just thinking about the sweetness and, and the blessing of the of John lying his head on the bosom of, of Christ, listening to every word intently. That's what he calls you and I to today. We're to lay our head on his bosom and listen to every word intently. So now when John makes the statement the disciple that Jesus loved. It takes on a completely different experiential context as it does for you and I, or it certainly has for me. As we continue to meet with Jesus in a growing relationship, taking to heart Jesus' words that He shared on the cross, it is finished. Thinking about all those moment-to-moment, face-to-face encounters that we've had opportunity now to experience with Christ Jesus. Taking to heart those words, it is finished. Well, everything that needed to be done for man to have a right relationship with God the Father at that moment has now been done through Jesus Christ His Son. It's now up to you and up to me to believe and to receive. Amen? It's a real sweetness if you think about that. those moments that you've had an opportunity to share and be shared with 
through God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. All because Jesus did all that Jesus did and called forth into eternity, it is finished. Which is just the beginning for you and I. Amen? Father, we thank you that tonight we have an opportunity to come and to experience you in perfectly a different way, maybe in the way that John did. And Lord, if we haven't up to now, we by faith want to step into that experience and begin to experience that experientially and be able to share with others the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen.